All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. They've got you covered for all of your Pokemon cards, your hockey cards, your football cards, all your trading card needs, really, are covered from our friends. At Zephyr Epic. Go check out their retail location in Surrey. I know my co-host is going to do that today. When you go there, you can still use our promo code in person. You can use promo code hockey season. You just tell them you play this part of the podcast. You tell them you're using promo code hockey season. $5 off your order. If you don't want to go in person though, folks, they've got a great option for you because any order over $50, they ship free anywhere in Canada from... From McBride... 
Which, by the way, do you know where McBride is in British Columbia? I have no clue. Never heard of it either, but uh, maybe we have some listeners there. Uh, Canucks fans in McBride, uh, very eastern part of BC. From McBride to Marathon, Ontario. Wait, sorry, you're not going to tell me where it is? You were just, it sounded like you were setting up to tell oh, me. Oh, McBride? Yeah. Like, yeah, I said eastern BC. Yeah, like, well, that's that's a long right where border. The, uh, right where the butt crack is of uh, BC where it turns. So is that, that's north of Castlegar? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not... Uh, Are you a map guy? No. I'm a big map guy. I can, like... You could you could point to a random city in BC, and I could probably tell you where it is. Gee, no, my I'm my worst thing in, like, high school was social studies. That was, like, the class I came the oh, closest to failing. I love that And that, that had class. a lot of maps involved, I feel like. Math was my... That was where I struggled. Yeah, well, we know you didn't do long... <laughs> you can't do long division. Okay, anyways. I still can't. From McBride to Marathon, Ontario... Which uh, doesn't have a yearly marathon, unfortunately. Mm. Kind of doesn't. I mean, that doesn't really check out for the name. Mm-hmm. Um, population three thousand two hundred and seventy-three. That was in twenty sixteen. Okay, not not the biggest town, not the biggest city, but. And I kind of wonder about this sometimes when I talk about these cities. In nineteen ninety one, there was over five thousand people living there. And I always say, like, oh, blah, blah, people are leaving to go to the big city. What if something, like, bad happened in Marathon? And I don't know about it. Like, what if half the city burned down and people had to, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't have enough time to do all the research for all these things. Anyways, they lost 1,800 people in the last uh, 20, 21 years somewhere. Um, Hopefully it was just because the people moved to let's the big just, city. Let's, let's just hope. Yeah, let's hope it was because of the pulp mill uh, and the gold mine there in Marathon weren't, uh, aren't as lucrative as they used to be and people had to move away. Um, marathon, well known for the uh, concert series called Concerts in the Parking Lot, where they have bands from Marathon as well as bands from, and this is what the quote says, bands from, quote, away. So it's not just bands from Marathon here at the Concert in the Park. They have bands that are from away coming to Marathon to pre- to perform at the Concerts in the Parking Lot. Uh, and Marathon... Kind of in the uh, almost in the butt crack of Ontario, you'd say, where it makes the little turn as well. Ah, okay. So that's uh, McBride and Marathon. But uh, Zephyr Epic, I'm going out there today, doing uh, doing a couple pack openings. Very apparently, nice. Very filming nice. some other stuff. I say when I do the pack opening, if I use promo code Hockey Season, will they give me five dollars, even though I'm doing something for free? I, Probably not. I don't know. I'll play this. So. I'll play this part of the podcast. But yeah, people will see some. Uh, some pack openings here. Probably uh, if you're a listener of the show or you listen immediately as it's dropped, it'll be coming up soon. If you listen a few hours later, probably doing the, the card opening right there. So That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be nice to get out there and Zeph- uh, back out to Zephyr. I haven't been there in a while. so I wish I could make it, but I'm going on vacation next week, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm prepping all the stuff that needs to get done before I go on vacation. It's okay. a lot. I found out it's a lot. I you're do just, a lot of stuff. You're not going just, on vacation. Let's just rattle off all the stuff that I do. No, you're not going on vacation. You're just like hanging out. Yeah, you're I'm not just wor- not, you're not working. working. I think yeah. that's a difference between going on vacation and just not working. Well, I already had my vacation. Like you, you I, I've already talked about this. I went to a Soyuz. You and Kuzmenko, yeah, you guys. Yeah, we went wakeboarding. Actually, you know what? It was so funny because there was a lot of wake surfing that happened uh, in a Soyuz when I was there. And I was watching Donnie and Dolly the day that Kuzmenko posted that video of wake surfing. And... The three of them, between the three of them, they could not figure out how Kuzmenko was riding right. that wave. Like, 
they laughed at Dollywall for for being like, "Where's the rope?" And then they were like, "Oh, it's under the water." And everybody replied to them and like, "No, it's not. <laughs> like that's not how this works." I was I was stunned that not one of them knew what wake surfing was. We gotta have Donnie on the show soon, and, and maybe yeah. Dollywall. And has Ryan Henderson ever been on the show? I don't think so. Actually, we should get we should get Henderson. You on. know, it took me. It took so long for Ryan Henderson to follow me on Twitter. Yeah, likewise. So, I got to tell you, well, yeah. I got to tell you. Well, Dollywall took forever to follow me too, which is that's, hilarious because he true. follows every burner account on Twitter. Yeah, Still doesn't know my Dollywall name. Dollywall follows his own burner account. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ryan was the last person to follow me. I think really? Donnie beat him to it too, and Donnie doesn't follow anybody. Mm-hmm. That's a big day when you get the Donnie follow. Yeah, that's big. That's a big day. All right, uh, ding dong here, bud. Oh, yeah. We're also delivered, on top of being presented by Zephyr Epic, this presentation is delivered to you by DoorDash. Ding dong. This is too early in the morning. Your intros are way off here. No, I'm, I'm nailing it. <laughs> no, it's too early. Did you have espresso this I, morning? I got it in my Yeti. Okay. Uh, see, I got it in my Yeti. You haven't drank enough of it. Yeti. I got a new Yeti here. You see that? Oh. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm going to put a Canucks Convo sticker on it, but it's it's dishwasher safe. I've got uh, I've got the exact same Yeti. Yeti. Whoa, but, uh, what was that? Well, don't worry about that. Yeti. <laughs> uh, I've got the same Yeti uh, thing that you got there, but mine is... Uh, it's from the union I used to work for. So ah. tell the tell the folks at Nation Network, uh, <laughs> be careful if I start drinking that coffee cup around the office. All right. We're also delivered by DoorDash. You said ding, ding dong. dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That would get 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks, despite what my co-host says. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. We're in some basketball shorts and a Canucks Convo Heather Gray t-shirt. Those are rare. I, uh, I, you know, This is a one-of-a-kind shirt. You can see it in the sun a little bit. I washed this with a pair of uh, Tricks are for Kids socks one time. It does look off-colored. So they were like these red socks that I wore one time to like a Canucks game or something. And I washed them, and they were red. This is gray, and now it's got like a pink hue to it. Yeah. And at first I thought it was kind of stupid, but the more and more I washed it, it kind of like fits the shirt a little bit now. So I wear this out now. Uh, I'm supposed to retire these shorts. My fiance says I'm not allowed to wear these out in public. <laughs> these are uh, like Walmart basketball shorts. <laughs> so uh, these are uh, these are supposed to be retired, and I'm not supposed to wear the shirt out in public either. So that's where we're at with that. It's pretty uh, pretty damn early. So uh, I got to. Those are your wedding Puma socks. No, I'm wearing. That's the other thing. I'm not even wearing matching socks. So Although, today, <laughs> different day today. I got to tell you. The wedding you went to this past weekend, maybe we'll post it on the Patreon because I, I grabbed a screenshot of the snap you sent me. Which one? <laughs> one where you were wearing the bow tie, but you had no shirt on. <laughs> bow tie and nothing else. That's a, so no, I was wearing kudos pants. to you because you went to a wedding and you were dressed. What, did you have the suspenders going? Yeah, the suspenders. That was a good look. The and beige pants but the pants were too short well how far you've come from the shorts yeah well i basically was wearing shorts again i got the flood pants on (laughs) wearing these beige pants that uh everybody in the wedding party had their pants too short yeah you uh you looked like you had a pretty good time but that was still early in the night like (laughs) the end of the night i was wearing my shirt and suspenders as like a satchel (laughs) and all i had was that in the bow tie oh my gosh all right 
we, we've passed the 10 minute mark. It's time to turn it on here. Uh, also, we should shout it out. We're doing new Patreon content. We're kind of revamping the Patreon a bit. We'll talk about it maybe later if we have time, but patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. Five and $10 series gets you all the bonus content. We're going to be a lot more committed to keeping up with the Patreon. So if you want to subscribe, support the show, patreon.com slash Canucks Convo. I uploaded my exclusive with Ian Clark, kind of uploading a series now where we do how the sausage gets made. Basically, interviews we do for stories. We're just uploading that audio. So uh, that is available right now on the Patreon, and you'll have something shortly as well. Yeah, you'll see how like the uh, how the interviews get set up and stuff. And what before yeah. we get to how we get the quotes for the articles, I think it's going to be kind of a fun thing to do. And that's what the Patreon folks wanted. So uh, shout out Mama Lisa, I think. That was Absolutely. her idea, right? It was, yep. yeah. She said she wanted more interviews. She wanted more exclusive Absolutely. interviews, so we gave it to her. Yep, cool. it's going to be good. Okay, patreon.com slash convo. Chris, where do you want to start today? Because... I think I want to start at YVR because late last night, actually 8.30 last night, Andre Kuzmenko arrives in Vancouver being helped by a Roberto Luongo doppelganger. Second, that was his driver. Second time I've seen that guy in two months. No way, really? Well, he was there to... Oh, um, yes. Here's the thing. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, you say this real quick, whatever. He's picking up uh, Andre Kuzmenko. So when I came back from the NHL draft in Montreal, that guy was standing there and he had a... It was the same thing on his phone. But he had uh, Elias Pettersson yes. there. He was there to pick up Pettersson and LeCaramacchi. They were on the same flight. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you think he'd put like LeCaramacchi's name, right? Because not as many people yeah. know it. Because he's got this sign at 3 in the morning that says Elias Pettersson. And everyone who's getting off that flight is like, oh, Pettersson's on this flight? Elias Pettersson's on this flight? Oh, my God. So they're all standing around him. And you, the, guy, you, the kids probably couldn't even see him holding up the sign. Oh, my God. Because everyone's like, oh, my God, Elias Pettersson's here. Oh, my God, Elias Pettersson's here. And then the, the other Elias Pettersson ends up being the guy that people <laughs> are looking for. So everyone's like... What the hell? Like, it's not like uh, EP40. It's this other Elias Pettersson that they drafted. I was like, the guy should have done the LeCare Mackey sign, but he probably didn't know how to spell it. EP40's got some pull in this town. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you. It was 3 a.m. back from Montreal, and people are standing there waiting. Hopefully, they get a chance to meet Elias Pettersson. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you. I think I've told this story before, but when they practiced at eight ranks this past season, hopefully they do that next year, because I love Burnaby, but... When they practiced I'll at tell you what, Abbotsford uh, training camp might be uh, near and dear to your heart. I will sneak that out to you. Okay, you're going to have to tell me that off air? Sure. Okay. Uh, okay, so when they were at eight rinks, <laughs> somehow I, I parked in the parking lot. And as I was leaving, I couldn't leave because there was at least 70 people swarmed around my car. And I was like... Uh, what's going on? And then I just see Elias Pettersson standing there signing autographs. So obviously I wasn't going to be like, move. I just kind of <laughs> waited. Uh, all I did was there was like three guys leaning up against my car, like dads. And I was like, hey guys, I need to put my bag away, back away. I didn't say it like that. I, I was a lot nicer than that. But uh, yeah, Quadfather didn't come out there. But I, I did kindly ask them to uh, move away so I could put my bag in my trunk. I saw him in uh, when he was at training camp in Victoria Pedersen like signed autographs for like an hour. Yeah. He was like down in the little tunnel there and it was a kids, adults, everyone. Uh, and he signed for like at least an hour. It was wild to watch. And then what really pissed me off is so <laughs> I was with my friend, like my friend came to that practice and I wasn't with him, but like he came, came up to me after and, you know, started talking to me or whatever. Uh, and I, you know, he was coming with me, so we're by my car, and then Petey was done signing autographs, and, like, the guy that was with the Canucks was like, okay, he's done, he's done, he's done. And I was, like, you know, just casually was just like, oh, like, whatever, just 
chit chat, whatever. Right. And then my friend asks him for a picture and oh. I had to immediately kind of walk away and distance myself from my friend. I was like, dude, you can't do that while I'm at work. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, that's my, uh, that's my quick eight rink story. So, so hopefully they practice again at eight rinks. It's a fun time. I think they'll be there at some point. Yeah. And, uh, so completely derailed that story but yeah because Menko landed and oh, yeah. just, what it is what did the sign say lemonade what's this all about i don't understand i it gotta said, ask about this you know i'm a big lemonade guy yeah it said lemonade lemonade a, beast what does it say now it said lemonade guest and i really don't know what that means like i really have no idea what that means. Well, it's the off season, so let's spend 25 minutes breaking it down. <laughs> Does Andre Kuzmenko really like lemonade? He has to, right? Yeah. But why? I don't know. That doesn't make much sense to me. Although I love that the driver, who we've already said looks like Roberto Luongo uh, in maybe like 10 years, posed for the photo, like yeah. happily. Like he, well, he's not smiling, but he looks happy to be there to an extent yeah he took the picture yeah, yeah he, he took the, the picture you got to be happy at, to some extent to take a picture i still am stuck on this lemonade guest thing yeah we'll have to figure that out yeah why don't you text milstein yeah actually i will text milstein yeah, do that during the show hopefully okay. we even answer by the end i'll i'll kind of walk i'll kind of talk now uh which i'm sure the listeners will love but yeah, they do love that yeah we're gonna quickly talk about the world juniors because i am actually gonna text milstein i hope i get the answer by the you, end of this yeah exactly you should text it right now Okay, so recording this Wednesday morning, Tuesday evening, Jacob Truscott and Yanni Yermo's teams both in action, USA and Finland respectively. USA dominates the Germany team and Finland takes on Latvia. They win that game as well. But the interesting thing about that game, Chris, was, you know, Yanni Yermo gets into the lineup. But as you outlined in the article you wrote for CanucksArmy.com, that Yanni Yermo was in there and he made mistakes on his first three shifts and it was multiple oh. mistakes and then he got benched yeah one really bad mistake one icing and one like flubbed pass into the skates like a couple really quick ones and they were just mental errors right like they were absolutely mental errors they were the things that you know when you have seven defensemen dressed for that game and you're not really like a lock to be an every night player then you get benched and that's what happened he didn't play he played one shift in the final 14 minutes of that first period but really nice bounce back from him. Like maybe those were just nerves and, and a little bit of rust as well because Yermo I thought was excellent in the second and third periods. Uh, he was skating so well. I know he was moving well. I got tagged in a video today actually of like a Finnish uh, sports show. I don't know if it was the post-game show or whatever, but they were praising Yanni Yermo for his, his speed and skating ability. So that was impressive. He did skate well. He did okay, Milstein well. just got back to me. That was quick. He says... No, he's not a big lemonade fan, but there's a very funny story behind it. So we'll get that at training camp about lemonade guest. Should, I, should we call him? <laughs> I don't know. We'll probably get his voicemail. Hello. Thank you for calling Thomas Grant. There's another one. Yeah. There's another guy who always puts this. He said to ask at training camp, so we'll ask at training camp. Okay. And when you say he, you mean Milstein? Milstein says it, yeah. Okay. All right, where was I before you just jumped in there with a response from Mills? Well, we were talking about Yanni Yermo. Yeah, and Yanni Yermo. He's getting the praise. Uh, I've seen him on the post-game show and finished. No idea what they are saying, but they were uh, they were showing highlights of him. And he skated well. He, he did. did. He, he did moved really well. well. I think yeah. that's what's going to give him a chance to have success at this tournament is if he just is able to play to his strengths, right? Like, it was weird. Like, you, you got to see a real good example of what, like, my scouting report would be on Yanni Yermo. You got to see a perfect example of it. In one game, in the first game of the World Juniors, he makes a lot of mental errors. He did that very early in the game. That's what got him on the bench. 
Uh, but then you see some plays where he skates around the offensive zone and draws defenders in, creates space, had three shots on net. So there's a lot to like physically, but there's a lot of things in the just, you know, quick decision-making in his game that, that you have worried about, and that's what got him sat on the bench early in that game. But, yeah, Finland kind of ran through Latvia. I mean, it wasn't really that close uh, at all. And speaking of which, the USA-Germany game wasn't much different. Oh, yeah. That, I don't know what the shots finished in, in that one, but I remember seeing, like, 54-6 yeah, to six it was very, or something. Very like, yes, it was very high. You want to talk about the Czechoslovakia game. We'll get to yeah, – also, I just said Czechoslovakia. Czechia versus yeah. Slovakia, not that, the same place. That was a fun game, and, like, it felt like uh, Slovakia was, like, dominant through quite a bit of it. Or maybe Czechia. I, don't know, I can't remember. Uh, one of them was really dominant, and then the other, uh, they ended up winning in the end. But it was, like, a back-and-forth game. Just exciting hockey. Made It was nice to watch uh, some hockey again. We've gone a lot of off-season talking about contracts and projecting people. And yeah. uh, I know we're going to be doing that later on in the episode as well. But uh, it, it was just, it was nice to watch like a back-and-forth hockey game where, you know, they tie the game up at four with three minutes left after back-to-back goals on the power play. Uh, and then, was it Czechia that won? Czechia won by yeah, one I thought goal. So. So despite Czech- a frantic final attack from the Slovakians. That's what I wrote. You- as you put it. That's what I wrote. Well, man, I tell you, it's long days watching three games of well, uh, World I, Juniors all day. I, I can't remember. I was joking about this in a group chat we're in because you said, oh, 600 words in. And I was like, wait, there's no one playing in this game. So, uh, well, it was exciting. Uh, if it's a bad game, I'm not going to write yeah, 600 words, but I it was, was a good game. You wrote about it. There was no Canucks prospects. Hardest so you part, went for it anyway. Getting all the spelling of these guys, uh, I tell you, the Czechia guys. Yeah, I saw you You wrote that uh, Jan Mysak did well in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brother Lick wasn't in the lineup. <laughs> What's his name? His brother Lick. <laughs> have you never seen that? No, it's I have. W, you I seen the, the Craig it. Button. I won't even cut this. I have seen this. Craig Button. I have seen that. We get, I think we got to talk to Craig. It's been a long time since so you have Craig on the show. Well, One we of have our to tell the story. So Jan Misak is the player. I yeah. called him Jan Misak, but Jan Misak is the player, and. Basically, Craig Button did a Ask Me Anything, TSN's director of scouting, friend of the show too, uh, did a Ask Me Anything, and someone said, Craig, what do you think about uh, Lick Meshack? And it's spelled Lick My Sack. And Craig responds and goes, I haven't heard of Lick My Sack. And then everybody obviously yeah. had a field day with that one. The other name that uh, this is like an actual name. Well, the Ivan Ivan Ivan's back. You see oh, that? Yeah, Ivan Ivan Ivan's back Ivans. in the tournament. Yeah. But uh, the other name that I think is great, and I think he played last year, I think with Latvia, uh, it's like Hodas. H-O-D-A-S-S. But the way we're gonna that... Get, we're going to get an explicit I, language. No, no, no. You can episode. say... I think you can say that. I'm just saying his name. And I think that uh, Craig, what the way he's been saying it, it very much sounds like hot ass. Every time he touches Buck, he's like in a one-timer from hot ass on the side there. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's the off-season, folks. It's the middle of August. This, yeah. is, this is what Canucks combo becomes. I'm just saying. August. And you know what? It was so funny because, you know, we've been getting uh, getting some... Some love from the listeners saying... And oh, some hate. And some hate. We'll get some more. 12-minute intros. But, you know, people said, they, they've been saying, like, oh, like, props to you guys for still going strong during the offseason. Like, a lot of my Canucks content is getting, uh, you know, they're just gone. Like, people are going on vacations. Everybody's doing lists. Time off. Everybody's doing lists. Like we were actually told from the bosses at Nation Network, do more lists. Yeah, they're like, get some lists going. I was Anything like, okay. you want, do a list on it. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know where... You know where you know where he got that idea? Oh. Reading Canucks Army, baby. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to say, yeah, you. That's right. You're the guy who built the place at Canucks Convo. 
I shouldn't say I'm the guy that built well, the Blade of the Canucks it. army. I could not say that. That's so egotistical, especially with all the people that came before me. Uh, but anyways, let's let's get back on track here. Jacob Truscott, uh, he is the player that we're going to focus on because out of the two Canucks prospects that played on Wednesday, obviously this or on Tuesday, excuse me, this episode will be coming out on Wednesday. Jonathan LeCaramacki is going to be playing at 11 o'clock. Yeah, we're recording this at 9.30, so we're about an hour and a half. As soon as this is over, I'm going back home to watch uh We'll have a Le report Karamaki. on Canucks Army. We'll have a report on Canucks Army, and we'll also, you know, have more to say on the Saturday episode, of course, about LeCaramacki, about the other Canucks prospects. But out of Yermo and Truscott, I got to tell you, I was more impressed with Truscott out of the two defensemen because, yes, Yanni Irmo skated well. You pointed out the mental errors and everything, and he's got great size. But Truscott really moved the puck well in that game with the U.S. He was paired with Luke Hughes at various points, and that was what really impressed me, I think, is just how he was able to play with just such a smart player in Luke Hughes. And look, like, I know Truscott's never going to be a world burner, right? Like, he, he probably projects as a bottom four defenseman. Like, he's probably never going to be a top-pairing defenseman. Yeah, ceiling, yeah. Yeah, that's his ceiling, right, is to be uh, a bottom four defenseman. But, you know, able to play with Luke Hughes and did a fantastic job, I thought, especially late in that game in the third period. He moved the puck really well, got some shots on net, uh, really had a lot of poise at the blue line. Didn't look like he was, you know, out of place at all, to be honest with you. I think with Truscott, the interesting thing is, like, and you hear this a lot from, from former pros say this all the time, of, like, when you go from junior to, you know, professional hockey, you have to change your game, right? Like, the guy who scored 114 points in junior isn't going to be able to do that at the NHL level. It's just not how it works. And it feels like Truscott... Like, he was a great puck mover when he was with the United States Development Program. At Michigan, he's totally had to change his game to to have team success. And the way that he's had to change his game is to be the best partner for Luke Hughes as possible. And for people that watch Luke Hughes uh, play even in that first game against Germany, like, he's unreal. Like, he moves the puck so well. And I think Truscott's already been able to adjust to that. He just seems to be a guy who already knows, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the team to have the most success. And I think that's really good to see from Jacob Truscott. I mean, he starts the game on the right side, playing with Wyatt Kaiser. Uh, So that's how he starts the game. He's like on the second pairing with Kaiser. Later in the game, he's playing the left side with Luke Hughes because they like to let Luke Hughes run a little bit wild on his right side. And he was playing with Brock Faber to start the game, right? Like Brock Faber was the right D uh, playing with Hughes, but it felt like maybe they wanted to get Hughes on the right side to see what it looked like. And that was what they did. Truscott was able to hop in on the left side. Like, he played both sides, played with different pairings, and he just fit in, right? Like, he's he's a guy who it's just like a it's like a, a moving puzzle piece. Like, he can shapeshift his way into fitting into whatever he, whatever he has to. So, I, I really like Truscott's game, and I, I thought he was good at the World Juniors. I was – honestly, like, I was kind of expecting him not to play, like – and get into the lineup, but I just think his versatility, his ability to kill penalties, his ability to fit in with any of the defensemen, it just makes so much sense that, yeah, he was able to get into games and, and look damn good. You're right. Like, he's not going to blow you away with his skill, but he's not going to make those those egregious mistakes like Yanni Yermo makes. So, yeah. Like, yeah. you want to see a defenseman play a quiet game. And this is the thing when Ollie Olevi was coming up was everybody said, like, when we would say, we don't notice Ollie Olevi. We did mean at both ends of the ice. And people would say, that's a good thing for a defenseman. But i got to be honest with you, Chris. 
I think it's more of a good thing if you don't notice anything on the defensive end. Like, they, they make quietly good plays defensively, but they also do things offensively. We're like, whoa, he just wheeled the puck up the ice all by himself. Or right. he just made a fantastic breakout pass. Like, you do want to notice these guys. I, I don't agree with the whole idea of, oh, you shouldn't notice a defenseman at all. That error is gone. Like, you need your defenseman to be noticeable. You need defensemen, especially at this level, you need guys to be able to make that first pass. You need to see guys wheeling the puck out of their own zone. If they want to stick in the NHL, in today's NHL, that's what they have to do. Like, you have to notice them. Hell, you even notice Luke Shen some nights, right? Like, I don't know. Anyways, this turned into an Ollie Levy tangent quickly for me. Yeah, no, as uh, as we do here in the offseason. As we often do. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, just it's going to be interesting to watch him play, I guess, maybe against tougher competition as the tournament goes on. I mean, Germany's not bottom of the barrel, but um, he, he looked good, and I thought uh, USA was just dominant, I think, throughout that game. That was... They're going to be a powerhouse, man. It's going to be interesting to see how Canada matches up. I got uh, I got some money on Canada winning by more than seven and a half uh, today. Our friends at points bet. Yeah, points bet. Yeah. So I'm taking those. I think like plus one seventy if they win by eight. Okay. So put a little bit of money down. Also, got a little frisky last night and put uh, put some money down on the Canucks winning the cup in 2023. <laughs> plus five thousand right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So if they win, I'll be five thousand dollars richer. What did you put on it? Hundred bucks. You did not put a hundred dollars to the Canucks winning the cup. Yeah. What are you thinking? Man? Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't spend any money at the bar at the wedding bar last weekend because I was in the 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 wedding party. So I was like, throw an investment down. Twenty twenty three Cup champs. Let's go. That's not an investment. You're just burning your money. Yeah, but I've spent a hundred dollars on on things that aren't uh, that smart either. So. <laughs> So that's your justification. I've I've yeah. been stupid with my money before. I've uh, been dumber with money before. So yeah, let's let's do that. I also threw money down on the uh, on the Flames. Also, so. probably not a great bet. I mean, they were like plus twenty three hundred or something. So you didn't put a hundred on them. No, too, I put you? fifty on them. Okay. So that's where I, you, well, I bet on the Avalanche winning the cup like mid season at like plus eight hundred and won that. Yeah. So that was a hundred into eight hundred. So, do you know the difference between plus eight hundred odds and plus five thousand odds? Right? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. That's why I put a hundred down. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll cut it there. We'll go to break. Uh, we'll hear from our friends at Montana's and another sponsor as well. And then when we come back, we'll get to our Atlas Goods poll question. And then we've got a some Abby lineup talk and some you guessed it, folks, Ryan Kessler talk. Keep it locked, keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Before we go any further into the episode, we have to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Montana's. Montana's is the barbecue expert in Canada. They smoke their ribs in-house every day, and then they sauce and fire grill them to order. Montana's legendary all-you-can-eat ribs promotion is on now, seven days a week until the end of summer. Come in for all-you-can-eat ribs and get Montana's messy to win weekly prizes. Chris, do you have a little Montana story for I us? I tell you, go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce, the best sauce they got there. And listen, the ribs are great. Do the all-you-can-eat ribs. But if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana's. You know it. And, and you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you apple go. butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing with seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo. Including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, 
and Kelowna. Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Conversation Podcast. Chris, it's time for our Atlas Goods poll question. Our episode 286 Atlas Goods poll question brought to you by the great folks at Atlas Goods. Go to locally owned atlasgds.com use promo code cc15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds folks you've heard us talk about them before they are the best fresh pork rinds out there straight out of your microwave or air fryer great bang for your buck it's different too it's not the pork rinds out of a bag the old stale stuff they're fresh they pop like popcorn people yeah they come in these little pellet looking things yeah they pop into like popcorn, but it's pork. They're good, man. Fresh. They are too. tasty. They are you know, very tasty. Yeah, you know and it. you can spice it up with your own uh, flavoring. So go check out atlasgds.com, promo code CC15, 15% off your first order of Pop Rinds. Our poll question today The Canucks have plus 5,000 odds to win the Stanley Cup in 2023. Are you taking those odds, folks? As you may have guessed, Faber came up with this poll question. Yeah. And you know what I voted. And yeah, well, let's see what everybody else voted, okay. shall we? So, so far, Chris, 52% of the vote leading saying, nope, I like my money. 24%, including you, say, yes, I'll throw like 20 bucks. That's not what I voted on. What did you vote on? Oh, you are a bad kid for adding this as an option. Down there, hidden is no more goalie talk with yep. the lowest number, 5% of the vote, and 19% of people say they are angry. How could you say no more goalie talk? You threw a hundred bucks on this. Yeah, I know. Is the reason you couldn't vote for it because you wrote I'll throw like twenty bucks? Yeah, I'm not gonna throw twenty, I'm throwing That's chump change. Yeah, no. Twenty oh twenty gosh. bucks will get you a thousand dollars. Yeah, if it happens, which it won't. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, Can yeah. we make a side bet if you got a hundred bucks to just throw at some betting company? How about you put fifty bucks with me? For what? So okay. Let's, let's, what, let's on the Padres losing again, maybe? I'll do that. Padres won last night. Don't start with me. Yeah, what, did they took them four games to get a run? And Josh Hader blew the save, yeah. too. I was just appalled. Like, Taylor Rogers, okay, leading the league in saves, or maybe second to Josh Hader, and they trade him with with prospects. I know Josh Hader is a different level, and Taylor Rogers, you know, has been a little inconsistent, but come on. You, you, uh, Those lefty arms from the pen, man. And well, Josh Hader's spent phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He's the best closer in the league. Well, he wasn't last night. No, that's what I'm saying. Taylor Rogers' twin brother, Padres Tyler, is what on the, the other side. You see, the Padres are uh, holding on to the final wild cards, but can you imagine if they miss the playoffs after doing what they just did at the deadline? Yes, Chris. Yeesh, I, I have been a fan of this team long enough to realize Holy that they cow. could very easily miss the playoffs. If it wasn't expanded playoffs, they might miss. This yeah. is the first year of expanded playoffs, thankfully, for the Padres. But and I like the expanded playoffs. I'm so tired of the MLB being like, no, only four teams can make the playoffs, and they have to play at one o'clock Pacific. I'll say okay. One last little baseball thing, then we'll move on here. I'm very happy that both leagues have a DH now. Oh, that was the I think, stupidest I think that thing. That was dumb. That they I had. hated. That. I mean, I get that it was like I don't know, maybe it was tradition, but it also Whatever, was weird at care. the time to bring in 
a DH in the AHL or in the, uh, <laughs> what I want to say, AL, in the AL. AL the Too many letters in there. Well, I'm reading my, I got my AHL <laughs> lineup here in front of me. You want to get to that now? Yeah, let's get to the No, people hate the baseball talk. Okay. So uh, we'll get to no it. No more goalie talk. No more baseball talk. Juan Soto, though. Hit his first home run as a Padre. Yeah, he right. launched that. I'm team. done. Yeah, he did. It was awesome. All right, uh, let's 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 chat AHL Chris. and that Yankees Mariners game the last night. I know too. I watched that. I was you know watched the end late. of it. All I right, was, yeah. Like I got to go to bed soon, but that was a great game. Yankees are the worst base running team in baseball last yeah. night. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's funny. go. But the Mariners are a really good defensive yeah. team. Mariners so cool. Caught them Yankees with their pants suck. down a few time, few times. Okay, AHL lineup, Chris. The Abbotsford Canucks. Let's get to it. You wanted to talk about this, unsurprisingly. You gave it on CanucksArmy.com. The Abbotsford Canucks lineup. Line one, you've got Phil Giuseppe, Sheldon Dries, and Will Lockwood. Can you please explain that? Because I was chatting with some other AHL folks, Chris. They don't think Will Lockwood's on line one. Interesting. I think Will Lockwood needs to take a step, and I think that he's the guy that you can use in that spot because of his speed and just kind of ability to create. It's not like he got to play. With top-end talent, like he was always kind of used in a second-line role last year. So I don't think you really got a ton of time to play with, like, two of these top-talented players. Like, you got a little bit of time with, with Di Giuseppe, I feel like. But, uh, you know, Sheldon drives along with Sheldon Rimple on his wing. I think the Canucks were there. I think Will Lockwood playing on the first line makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of skill on this line when it comes together, obviously, in the AHL. Like, Phil Di Giuseppe is incredibly skilled. Sheldon drives his scoring ability at the AHL is so high. So I think that... Fitting Will Lockwood there makes a little bit of sense, too, just to kind of... The thing that you need from Will Lockwood for him to be an NHL player is for him to produce. So I think putting him in a spot, the best spot possible for him to produce, is putting him on the first line here with DJ Giuseppe and Draz. Okay, now I have a question for you, because as, as people can probably tell by now, I'm a little tired of talking about Will Lockwood, because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole thing is everybody's like, well, he's like Tyler Watt, but a lot worse. Canucks have a lot of better options. I'm glad you have him at least in the AHL because I'm tired of people saying, how's Will Lockwood going to fit into the Canucks lineup? He's not. Like the Vancouver Canucks lineup, I don't have Will Lockwood. Before free agency, you could make a conversation about it. After free agency, yeah. no. No, well, because they went out and got like pretty replacement level players, but they're going to be better than Will Lockwood. Yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about Will Lockwood, but the interesting thing here, Chris, is you just said the way he's going to make the NHL is if he's scoring a lot at the AHL. He's not going to score at the NHL, though. Like, he's not going to be a top six player in the NHL, I don't know. No, think. but he's 24 just, years old. He needs a point. He's gone 15 games in the NHL without a point. It, sure, that's fair. But what role does he play for the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, fourth line guy, but you still need to put up a point, man. And thirteen, I think it's 13 games, actually. But 13 NHL games, you have to have some sort of baseline production. Sheldon Dries told us that last episode. Like, when you get to the NHL, they, they ask you to do a lot of different things from what they're asking you in the AHL, but ultimately, you have to be good in your own zone, then you have to also have a baseline of production, and that's yeah. simply what Will Lockwood hasn't had. That's why I think having him on a first line with these top two guys will help his confidence and help him kind of just be able to, like, I swear, every puck that goes around Sheldon Drys goes into the net, you know, build off a little bit of that confidence with Will Lockwood, and I, that's why I have him there. And you have Phil Giuseppe. You're saying people are who who's supposed to be there. Like, I know you're a big Niels Huglander guy. Linus Carlson. Linus Carlson's on that oh, first line. Oh, man, no. I don't know about that. Well, what, sorry. If you're trying to tell your fans that, yes, we're going to focus on development and we're going to, and you know, we've we've had this conversation, Niels Huglander might be on the first line in Abbotsford, yeah. right? Like, that's a possibility. We're not calling for it, saying it should happen. We're, we've just kind of talked about the lineups and seen, okay, the identity they want their fourth That's line a, to play with. There's no room for Niels Huglander, potentially. The thing about Niels Huglander going to the HL is, like, 
the more we talk about it, the more it sounds like it could be really possible. And yeah. it's not like that's anything come from the organization. It's just us talking Looking about at it. what they have. Exactly. And the more we talk about it, the more we see how Bruce Boudreaux might want to run his fourth line. The more we hear about Dakota Joshua being, you know, the next Elias Pettersson. Like the, all these guys coming in here that, you know, Mikheyev coming in and bumping people down. Like the more you talk about it, it does. It, it, is it, I think in my eyes, it's better to have Huglander as, you know, getting games in the HL, working on things than being a 13th forward and being scratched. Sure. But okay. So, so let's go back to this Lockwood Carlson thing. I, I think it fundamentally, Chris, comes down to who has the higher ceiling as a scorer in the NHL. The answer is Linus Carlson. It's not 24-year-old Will Lockwood who's never had a point in the NHL. It's just not, right? Like, that's that's what I'm looking at when I say when you have Abbotsford, right? You want to be saying we're developing these prospects. We're doing things the right way. Linus Carlson should be getting at least top six minutes, if not first line. Like, Linus Carlson should... Carlson should be on your first line in Abbotsford. Yeah, if I if that was a situation I'd go with, I'd almost want to take a different winger off because I think Linus Carlson's weakness is going to be his foot speed. I think that's going to be the thing that might keep him out of the NHL if something keeps him out. I I, I don't know. It's it's still to me like he needs to prove himself before jumping into a first line role in the American Hockey League. It's a big jump going from the SHL to the AHL. It's a very different brand of hockey. I think Carlson's going to have a lot of success on the power play in a similar way to how a massive amount of his goals in the SHL came on the power play. I think he's going to do the same thing when he gets to to the AHL. It's like he's going to have success on the power play. That I'm pretty damn sure of. It, it will be interesting to see how he fits into the AHL game. I just don't think he's a first-line talent right off the bat. But I do have him on line too. Yeah, you do, which I'll, uh, I'll accept. That's a good one. Give us your line too. Another strong line here for the Abbotsford Canucks, who, by the way, like just – Top to bottom in this lineup, you feel really good about this lineup, and I think you you have some good excitement going out to these games to to see these lines. Uh, so line two, I have Justin Dowling, uh, John Stevens, and Linus Carlson, uh, and obviously John Stevens is a name that uh, you know he's been around the, uh, the the Canucks minor league team for a few years now, and he took a massive jump uh, this past season, putting up forty three points in sixty eight games, and. He can continue to produce a little bit of offense and be put there with offensive players. I really like the two-way game of Stevens. So having him play with Justin Dowling, who, man, Dowling's, you know, another player who's just excels when he's in the AHL and obviously doesn't quite have that last little bit to become a full-time NHLer, but he's an excellent AHL player uh, and could still be a call-up option for a fourth-line guy. And then I like that spot kind of setting up with Carlson because I really trust Dowling and Stevens defensively to kind of, make things as easy as possible for Linus Carlson to make that adjustment. Like Stevens and Dowlings are, are, they're both pros. Like they are longtime pros. They understand how to be good at both ends of the ice. And I think that's the spot where I like uh, Linus Carlson the most, just because that, that landing spot is so nice for him. Okay. So when I look at Justin Dowling and John Stevens, I see two guys who aren't exceptionally fast skaters. But when I look at Dowling's pretty damn quick, Dowling does have some foot speed. You're right. You're right. Phil DiGiuseppe and Sheldon Dries, though, I'd say they're both faster. And I think together... Ooh, I don't know. I think you'd want, instead of an all-speed line like you've suggested with Will Lockwood, I think it further goes to the point that you would want Linus Carlson on that first line, playing with two guys who have strong two-way profiles in Phil DiGiuseppe and Sheldon Dries. And let's be honest, are the closest things this team has to NHL players, right? 
Like, I think you want your prospect. Let's let's be honest. He's probably the top offensive prospect out in Abbotsford this season. But he's not going to come play in the top nine for Vancouver. He's going to have to play in the fourth line. So you need to see. No, not right away. I'm saying you actually develop this prospect. You don't just call him up when you need a first call up. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you try and actually develop a top nine scorer who actually brings value to your organization. Like, look what Tyler Mott just got traded for. Right? Like, you don't need another Tyler Mott. You don't need to, oh, we need to make sure this guy can play on our fourth line one day. This is a this He'll is a be player. 23, man. Like, how much he's more got, development? He's got offensive upside, and you need to actually develop that upside. Okay. You need you to try and do something with it. And the way to do chance. it isn't to say, we need to make sure this guy can play on our fourth line one day. Okay. I think it, the thing for me is still he's going to have to be defensively responsible. I like the idea yeah, of Yeah, you have to to play spot. in the NHL, but you need to play, you need to be able to score too, and you need sure. to get that and confidence. And he'll get all that time on the power play. He'll be with those two guys on the first power play unit yeah. if he's good enough to play there. Like, I'm saying put him on the first line, give him every opportunity to succeed. The Canucks haven't had a prospect who they can actually hang their hat on and say, we're going to develop this guy into an offensive player, and they need to start doing that. Yeah, I just... I think from just watching him in the SHL, like I'm not that high on Linus Carlson as maybe you think of him like really developing into a top nine NHL player. I don't think that's what he's going to do. I think if he does become an NHL player, I think it's because he adjusts his game and is maybe like a fourth line guy who can help on your second power play unit. I just don't like, and maybe the foot speed can be something that's really changed. And you know, mad props to to Mackenzie Braid out there in Abbotsford. He was working with all the guys at development camp as well. The skating coach out there, I think he did one of the best, especially in the AHL. Like for the Canucks to have that kind of resource in the AHL, that's excellent. And I think he's going to work with Linus Carlson a lot. So I just kind of need to see the two way game um, for Linus Carlson develop as lo- as well as the skating. So. Uh, either way, I think he's a top six player. I, I'd, I'd be a little surprised to see him be getting, you know, first line minutes immediately, especially when they have all these other guys who have like proven AHL scorers. Uh, and Jeremy Colton's going to need to win games when he gets here. So That's he's going to be worrying That's about winning really games good point. That's as, really good point. as well as developing for sure. But also like you got to put together like when you just when you saw the line of like Rempel, DiGiuseppe and Drys working last year, it was like, man. Like that, that was just like, they went out there and won every puck battle. They won all the possessions. Like, I think they want to try and recreate that. And I think you can with Will Lockwood just a little bit better for like the start of next season. Yeah. Cause he's still, I, I still think that like, like I'm more confident that Kuzmenko is like an NHL player than I am of like Linus Carlson even being like a top six AHL player. Okay. That's fair. Like, it's just I I think from watching like the five on five play of Kuzmenko, I'm like, okay, there's there's something there. Like he can move well, he anticipates things well. With Lance Carlson, it's like, yeah, he's got a really good shot and produces on the power play, but like a lot of his goals came on the power play. So he's he's got work to do at five on five and in, in creating as well as defending. So coming to a new league, it's going to be tough for him. I think it's going to be tougher than people think with Linus Carlson. I think it's going to be tougher for Linus Carlson than it is Andre Kuzmenko. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you're, you're probably right, actually, especially, you know, coming from the SHL and having to play uh, in the AHL. It'll be interesting how the Canucks kind of develop this player. I Look, I'm just team actually develop these guys yeah, into something sure. that's useful. And, like, you can get fourth-line wingers anywhere. You can get them on the open market. We just saw it this past offseason. It's not that hard, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I'll always be team actually develop this into a valuable asset. Sure. He's just, there's certain things he has to do big time in his development to get yeah, there. Yeah, take those strides, yeah. Huge ones. Literally starting with the strides. Skating, yeah. All right, exactly. let's go to line three. This one's a lot of fun. And I sure hope that he stays uh, with Niels Amund because I think he'd be 
a wrecking ball in the AHL, and I think he's like a dark horse to make the NHL team. Uh, but my line three is Arshdeep Baines at left wing, Niels Almond at center, and Danila Klimovic at the third line. I mean, just this is going to be a fun line if this line gets together. Like, like you know, first-year pro coming in with Arshdeep Baines, Niels Almond coming over from the SHL, second year of Danila Klimovic, this third line playing against other teams' bottom six lines would be so fun. There's so much excitement on on that trio right there that I would just love to see them play together. It's just, it'll be interesting to see if, if Amon is down to uh, play in the HL. So tell me, why do you think Nils Oman or Amon, Oman actually, is a dark horse to make the NHL club? Well, just his size and speed. Like you could see at a development camp, he, he was much faster than everyone else. Like when he was just flying down the wings and things like that. Like there, there is a pro pro speed to his game already. And there's obviously something that coaches like about him as well, because he, you know, Linus Carlson, we know this, that at the world championships, Linus Carlson didn't play. Niels Allman was in every game for Sweden. Like there's something that he does that coaches like. Uh, and I think it's just the effort level and ability to actually be fast and disruptive and be able to play good defense and penalty kill. Like that's why Niels Allman played over Linus Carlson in the world championships. So uh, I think he might be a guy that, that could potentially, like, very dark horse be an NHL player like or, like, a 13th, 14th forward kind of thing. So I, I hope he sticks around because I do think that if he does stay in the AHL, like, there's there's a real possibility he gets some NHL action next season just because of if he's able to transition over here to North America well. I just like the way that he plays, really. Like, I, I really like the signing of, of Niels Allman for, for the uh, Canucks organization. So I like him there on the third line. like to see him play center. And like I said, man. Baines, Amon, Klimovich, that's a really fun third line. All right, line four, we don't really need to spend much time talking about it. you got Vincent Arsenault uh, and Mark Gatcom on the wings of Chase Waters. Yeah. This, is a, this, this line's out there so you don't hit Klimovich. Yeah, you don't need much explanation. You, no. you don't hit Klimovich. You don't hit uh, Lockwood. You don't hit uh, Hoglander if he's there. If you do, you deal with this fourth line. They're tough guys, big guys. Um and yeah, Chase Waters like the way he's developing uh, into a player here. Okay, and then the extra forwards: Nielsen, Hirano, Carson yeah, Folk, Carol Plastic, and Matt Alfaro. Yeah, Hirano, Folk, Plastic, Alfaro, whatever. Tristan Nielsen will be playing the most out of these five guys for sure. Mm. Tristan Nielsen, like I probably could have fit him in like anywhere into the Canu- into the Abbotsford Canucks lineup. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like if Almond's not there, then put Nielsen on that third line with Klimovich and Baines and like let them work. Like Nielsen can fit anywhere else in the lineup. Really liked his rookie season. Um, but the other guys are all, all kind of just depth. Like Harano's a fun story. Carson Folk has really fallen off last year. Um, Carol Plastic, who knows? Like the injuries that he's had last year really didn't let us evaluate him. And Matt Alfaro was a depth signing for the HL team. So. That's that for the forward group, anyways. Defense pairings: you got Jack Rathbone and Noah Yulson on the first line. I do have Rathbone on the NHL team. We've we've yep. talked about our defense pairings already, but this is a solid first pair. Yep, uh, Jack Rathbone, one of the best defensemen in the AHL last year. He'll be the same if he's there this year. Noah Yulson, solid. Uh, they love him out now. It's for a physical game. That pairing just makes a lot of sense. Um, second pairing: I got Christian Wolanin. Wolanin, I think. Uh, you know, kind of just like a, a long, you know, veteran pro. Uh, he should be a very good HL player if he's playing there, and he'll be with Brady Keeper. I got on my second pairing because I think 
Uh, as long as everything went fine with rehab with Keeper, and we saw him skating near the end of last season as well, so you hope that he can take another step. Remember, he's on a two-year deal, so we'll get a chance to see him at training camp, and hopefully this is a better training camp for him, and he can earn spots uh, on the HL team with it, because I'd like to see that uh, Wallane and Keeper pairing. That's a, that's a strong uh, roundout to your top four. And then third pairing, I got uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk, who's another signing that... Uh, that Abbotsford just made, and he had seven goals and 20 assists in 52 games last year with uh, Chicago's affiliate. It's going to bring a little bit of offense. Uh, it's 25 years old. He's still not incredibly, you know, getting that deep into his career. He's a guy who, who's going to be able to bring a lot on a third pairing of the HL. Then I got him playing with Guillaume Brisebois on the third pairing and potentially Jet Wu as well. But I, I do have Jet Wu as my seventh defenseman. Wow. Okay. So Which is a couple things here. I want to talk a little bit about Wyatt Kalnick because look, like this is a veteran AHL defenseman. You brought you brought that up in the article as well. But when I was talking to scouts when this signing was made, like there were scouts that legitimately believed that this guy might have NHL upside. Like he might actually be able to be something for the Canucks, uh, whether that be like a first second call up or actually develop into a solid bottom pairing defenseman. I talked to a few people who really like Wyatt Kelnick's game, and I'm really interested to see kind of how he progresses in Abbotsford. Yeah, I honestly, like, I, I didn't see a lot of Wolanin or Kalinick, so you can flop them around, maybe. maybe it's Kel- Kelnick. Okay, well, that's how much I've seen him then. But, <laughs> you know, just looking at what he is and at the age that he is, played NHL games, like, these these guys do well in the AHL. So, like, there's another... It just feels like another really strong team for Abbotsford again this year, but this year it feels like... Even the extra players, like the fact that Tristan Nielsen's an extra player, the fact that, you know, Hirano's there, but he's not going to be relied upon to be your your second-line winger, right? Like, it, it feels like it's pretty strong and, and deep this year. And then, then to bring up the extra defenseman, like I brought it up, Jet Wu's kind of on the outside looking in again for me here, which is very unfortunate for his development. And because he's a right D, he might be able to sneak in there instead of Brisebois. Uh, or if you're just not playing all the veterans and actually going with some younger guys, then maybe you have a third pairing of like Breezebois and Wu. Uh, but then extra defensemen on top of that, you have Alex Canuck-Liepert, uh, Quinn Schmeeman, uh, who was the new signing, and Chad Nychuk. Like I, I really like Nychuk at development camp. I thought he was a pretty impressive player. I'll be interested to see how he kind of fits in with this Abbotsford team and what he can bring. Like, when does he get into a game even? Uh, and to see what Nychuk can bring as a rookie. And then I wrote Philip Johansson as well, but I, I expect him to be back in the SHL. And, and honestly, like, this is – it was Amon and Johansson that got signed there. And, like, I didn't – they were I completely forgot, like, Johansson was even at development camp. He didn't stick out for anything. There was no reason that I looked down at, like, a number and had to see who that was. I just – he didn't really stick out at all, which is too bad because he's a right D and you would hope that he could do something – but I, I don't know. I have to see what he can do more. There was players at at training camp last year. Like I, I even br- I bring this up all the time. But like um, Sheldon Rempel, I had no idea he was at Vancouver Canucks training camp last year, and then he goes and has a season that he did. So you know, some players just don't perform as well in camp. But we'll have to see uh, what Johansson could do. I, I, I just expect him to be back in the SHL. I think he still has a one year deal mm-hmm. in the SHL. So I think that's been reported too that he's going to yeah. be going back. Okay, so goalies, you've got Colin Delia and Archer Seelovs. I like this. You got Mikey DiPietro with an asterisk just because uh, we've been told, and uh, this is from Dolly Wall, of course, the report that uh, DiPietro's agent has been given permission to talk to other teams about a trade, and Ilya Mikheyev's got DiPietro's number now. Yeah. <laughs> number 65, not available for Mikey DiPietro anymore with the NHL team. So. Yeah, and I still like I still don't know. Like, I think we'll spend more time in the offseason if nothing's actually happening here, but... 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mikey DiPietro. I just think having a new management group makes it a little bit of a different situation, but does it do it enough to be able to repair it? That's the only thing. It's like, does Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin believe in DiPietro, or do they want to believe in DiPietro? Like, those are the two things they have to look at. And if they could, I think they could try and mend that relationship and, and make Mikey still be a prospect of the Canucks because I think he's a, can be a solid AHL goalie and maybe has potential to be a backup down the road, but just the relationship it's gone, then I, I can totally understand why he's been given the opportunity to look for a trade and try and start somewhere fresh. Absolutely. And sometimes it's all a goalie needs, right? You got to get already those games too. Like he's got to yeah, be the exactly. backup and push the, the ultimate season for, for Seelovs is to basically do what DiPietro did a couple of years ago. And by the end of the season, be known as the guy who's starting every two out of three games, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to start with Seelovs getting, you know, one game every weekend and maybe one Wednesday every month. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of going to be the way that it's going to go. He's going to probably get one out of three games. Um, or, you know, even like two out of five games type of thing on a two-week schedule. So, yeah, you hope that by the end of the year he's pushing that he's the one that they want to trust going into the playoffs. I think that's got to be the ultimate goal of, like, who starts game one of the playoffs? You would love for it to be Archer Seelaws by the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I'm literally saying, Quads, you would love that. I would. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> Undoubtedly. That's a huge year for him. Okay, before we close out, Ryan Kessler, Chris, has expressed his interest via an Instagram comment that he would like to sign a one-day contract and retire a Vancouver Canuck. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think, yeah. He played his best years in Vancouver. Has probably his best hockey memories there. I I think it makes sense for him to want to do that, and I think uh, Canucks fans as well will appreciate. Like, I I appreciate what Ryan Kessler did for the Vancouver Canucks. I know it was sour going out. wasn't the best ending to his time in Vancouver, but tell you what, what he did on the ice and was you know made playoff hockey fun for Vancouver Canucks fans I'd, I'd love I'd love for Ryan Kessler to retire Canuck I think that's the way it should be yeah and obviously ring of honor and uh jersey retirement are obviously two very different conversations both of which I think we would agree on uh but this also comes after Kevin Bieksa said that he would like to sign a one-day contract and retire a Canuck it'd be yep. cool if they did it together I don't Same think d- what are you saying here ring of honor for Kessler Okay, I thought you were saying that. No, I don't think he's. I think a, ring of a honor. case could be made for BXA, but come on, you, that Ring of Honor is going to get very full if you put every yeah. good player your organization's ever had yeah, up there, right? Like the first Canuck to win a cup, that should be the next here's, guy. Into here's the, how I think BXA, into the Jersey retirement. Yeah, for Jersey retirement, I think for BXA to get in the Ring of Honor, here's how I see it playing out: when John Garrett retires. Kevin Bieksa becomes the color guy. Okay. Does it for like 15 years. Then you put Bieksa in the ring of honor. Really? Because he deserved it. He brought a lot to the organization. I think it, putting him on the broadcast. So when he's like 66, we're going to do this? Yep. Wow. That's... After bringing a lot to the organization on the ice. Okay. Brings even more in the booth. Stepping in for a legend, obviously, and John Garrett. We should chat with him in the summer as well. Yeah, should we be should, another one we should put on. Just check in with Cheech, see how he's doing. Checking see. in with Cheech. Yeah, that's always a fun summer episode. Um, that yeah, that's my way of seeing it happen. Okay, interesting. And he's got you got to give us a little more, just a little more, and you can get yourself up there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Local podcast host demands Kevin BX to give more to the organization. Yep. You can see the article. You're writing the article on Canucks. I am. It's already. going up. Yep, it's going up. All right, we'll close it out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.
Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?